Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling in association with Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. I'm Graham Wilgos, and Brad, we are back in the pub after stage the nine pub. today. It's good to be here, good to be with you, as ever. Um, a frenetic stage today that in many ways sums up the tour so far. Uh, have you caught your breath after, after what was a, a sauvage stage? Um, mm. I mean, tell me it's not epic. Well, I wouldn't say it was epic. I mean, it was um, Bernie Eisel won out. Eurosport group chat was saying that this is a strange tour. He's never seen a tour like this. Um, and it was bizarre in a way, but it was also, it was good to watch. I mean, there's been better tour stages to watch, that's for sure. But modern day cycling, the way it's raced now, I mean, that Marie Blanc was brilliant. Um, I think a lot of people were in the studio afterwards sort of scratching their heads as to what Jumbo Visma were doing. And that they set this whole day up riding and riding for a big killer attack. And... Uh, you know, was it worth it? And I kind of think it, it was worth it because the killer attack is that those four guys went away. They've distanced themselves now from a lot of guys and Primoz is in yellow. And he's come through the first week unscathed. No crashes, zero time. And he's now um, in a position to win the race. So I think they played it perfect. Well, they played it perfectly in the end. Here's how Carlton Kirby called the finish for us on Eurosport. Uh, here we are, 500 metres, a little bit less than that. It's a big, big ask now for absolutely everyone. Lander on the back rail of Roglic here. Pogacar's still in there. I think he's possibly favoured in third place. Let's wait and see. Roglic himself has got a great turn of pace when he needs to. 326 metres and Hershey, I don't think, has got what it takes. He gets back out of the saddle and drives it and Hershey's going to go over the top of them. And he does so. He's passed Pogacar. He's passed Lander. Can he pass Roglic as well? Hershey's still going for it. Come on, Hershey, make it count. This would be brilliant. What a story. Is he going to get there? Is he going to be tired? There's so much at stake. Oh, he's denied at the very last. Roglic and indeed Pogacar share the spoils. And Hershey, bravest man on the planet, I think finishes third at the very last. What a day. What an amazing sport we have. What a fight. What a tour. Wow. So, Brad, as you say, Primoz Roglic in yellow. He's got 21 seconds on the GC ahead of Egan Bernal. Um, before we come to him, let's start with today's hero, because uh, he was a hero on two occasions, Mark Hershey, Sunweb's yeah. Mark Hershey. So he was out there on his own all day uh, with a magnificent solo break, often in filthy conditions. Um, and then when he was eventually caught inside the final two kilometres, he still had the stones to tighten his shoes, sorry, and have a go in the sprint. We were watching it on telly thinking it was kind of like a, a pointless effort, really, because everyone expected him to get reeled in. Um, but he didn't, and he, he continued alone. He did an amazing climb with the Marie Blanc, descended like a, like a trooper. Um, and it was only until that four got themselves together at the end that they were riding through and off that they really cut down the time on him. Um, but it was amazing, you know, he's just for a young lad. I mean, I, to me, I never really heard much of him until we got to this race and saw him on that stage to Nice the other day. When he was um, beaten by Alaphilippe. I know yeah, he was a former world champion, finish. wasn't he? Um, former under-23 yeah. world champion. Yeah. Um, what year did he win that? A couple of years ago? Two years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, what a rise to professional cycling within two years from that level. And it just shows you how much cycling's changed. You know, we talk about these 
elder statesmen doing well, but now these kid, young 20-year-olds are like Egan, Hershey. And I don't think he's done yet, but it was, um, it was a display of like not letting the occasion get to his head in some ways, you know. You, you would almost think he was just riding a, a local race, you know, to take the tour on like that and take all the leaders on and then never go at them in the sprint. It was brilliant. And he even looked disappointed at the finish. He slapped his handlebars, didn't he? Well, your heart broke for him, really, after, after mm. having done so much work on the stage. But Roglic and Pogacar... And Pogacar was the... lucky to be there after his little mishap at the top of the climb. Yeah. Um, so Roglic said sorry to him over going over the... When they crested yeah, the Yeah, I don't the think Roglic realised that it wasn't actually his fault. But it's Pog Pogacar who wasn't looking yeah, where he, he was Yeah, he looked going. the wrong way and yeah. the road was bending around to the right. But hey, look, he stayed up and displayed sportsmanship and that, and it was great, and they carried on, but... Pugaccia, yeah. I mean, Primoz has been all over him every time he's moved on these climbs. And I think Primoz is quite f lucky, or not quite lucky, but I think he's quite relieved that Pugaccia lost as much time as he did when he did because he's clearly attentive to Pugaccia when he moves on the climbs. He was yesterday and he was today. And he's not taking his eye off him um, because he's his countryman. He knows how good he is. Actually, just I thought earlier, you know, when we get to Paris, we could have a Slovenian one too in the tour. Well, in a way, is it a bit like for Roglic having an extra teammate because they know each other so well and they will be able to, you know, they're similar strengths and they, they will be able to combine if, if and when needed together? I don't know how close they are. I don't, they look like they get on pretty well. I don't think there'll be any allegiances from that point of view. I got the impression today watching Pogacar being interviewed that he has, he looks up to Primoz and had a lot of admiration for him. There's a, there's a huge amount of respect there between the pair of them. Mm. Hence, Primoz kind of apologising and then watching Pogaccia, you know, say the things he did say afterwards. So it's, um, I mean... On, it, on that, Brad, was there anyone, anyone outside of Team Sky when you were riding, who you, in the peloton, I mean, who you knew when the going got tough on the road, you could rely on if you needed him? Rely on, um... Oh, Nico like Roach, actually. Yeah. Nico Roach was good like that. Yeah. Yeah, he was always willing to lend a hand. Um, other than that, no, there wasn't really anyone else I can think of. We were, we were very much left to our own devices, Sky. There wasn't yeah. many helpers willing to help. Yeah, I don't imagine there would have been a queue of people lining up to help you. So, Sky, now, now Ineos, of course. Let's, let's have a word on Ineos versus Jumbo Visma today because we saw, we saw Jumbo Visma almost as the sky of old, gunning it on the front. Wout van Aert, again, so impressive. And, and Ineos riding slightly differently. Um, and, they, and they've had to approach it slightly differently. We said since the start, they're going to have to ride it differently because they can't ride it like Jumbo Visma or like they have done in the past. And, you know, they have seemed a bit vulnerable at times. They don't seem like they've had the strength, but, you know, look, they've been there when it matters and Bernal is still there today and he's still one of the favourites for this tour. Um, I think he'll get better in the third week, Bernal. Um, but they tried to put Luke Rowe in the break today. They tried to put Dylan Van Baal. Then they put Castellavedo up there. Um, so he, they're trying to place people up the road. So when the race comes to them later on, they've got, they're not isolated because they're not, it appears they might not be confident that if the race goes over the Mary Blanc, that they're going to get Carapace and maybe one or two others over with them. So they've, they've had to do that. But they've had to, they have to do that. They've had to approach it in a different way. But I actually think there'll be a threat after the rest day. That, 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 that'll be a chance for them to really potentially put Jumbo Visby under pressure. If there's wind, it's mm. that flat stage. Also, Lander made some moves today, didn't he? To, well, he didn't make any moves, but he, he, he moved up the GC in terms of getting into that move. He showed he's got the climbing legs, but he really could have been one who tried to, should have maybe attacked and profited from the time he is down, that he'd have had a bit of sliding space. Yeah, I mean, he, he was in that last select group, um, that, that final five coming in. So Pogacar, Roglic, Hershey, 
um, with that heroic third. Bernal and Lander finished fifth today. Bonus seconds at the line as well, so so no favours for, for Hershey having worked so hard. Roglic, of course, has, has won in La Rune before, um, so they, they should probably twin that town with Slovenia, or a, a town in Slovenia somewhere. Potentially, potentially. The start of today's stage in Poe, we saw a moving tribute from Dave Brailsford to Nico Portal, um, yeah. who they're, they're obviously missing him having passed away earlier this year. So Dave Brailsford said today, if Nico was watching us, I think he'd be very proud. Um, and he told a nice story about how he'd often be in the back of the Sky Bus uh, the night before a stage and, and, and find Nico there at midnight doing the maps, kind of old school, like Sean Yates used to do. Yeah, Nico, would, Nico learned his trade from Sean and they got on very well together. But yeah, Nico was from Poe, and it was very much his home ground today. He spoke French with a very Poe accent, you know. Um, I saw a picture of his wife and children at the start this morning. I think it was his parents as well there. And I used to race with his brother, Sebastian, as well at Credit Agricole. And they were a lovely family, you know, and it still, it still hits home when you see the, the people that are left behind when someone dies, you know. And it's, um, it's tragic, especially when there's kids involved, you know. It's, and Nico was such a lovely guy. I don't think there's anyone who's had a bad word to say about him. Um, the effects of that will continue for a long time every time it goes back to Poe. Um, much like Cassatelli, every time we go down that climb in the Pyrenees where Cassatelli lost his life, you know, which is 25 years ago now. So just to go back to the GC men, um, so the top seven on GC, there's 44 seconds between them from Roglic down to Pogacar. So two Frenchmen are up there that we might not have expected to be. So the, the two riders who this course was made for, or so we thought, it's not worked out that way for Thibaut Pino or Julian Alaphilippe. Mm. It almost looked like Thibaut was going to retire today, but he, he didn't. Um, and Alaphilippe is well out of the GC reckoning. In their stead, uh, Guillaume Martin in third on GC at 28 seconds and Roman Bardet mm. at 30. Yeah, it's bizarre. Pino, and then at one point, I think he was still at the front group on the Marie Blanc. You know, it's kind of strange, really. But he was trying to get in the brakes early on. Yeah, and then he slipped back at the end and came in, but obviously he had a bad back yesterday. I think that's what it was put down to. Today had a good back, and he was right back. Um, so, but yeah, Bardet just slipped a bit away. But Bardet doesn't look like the ride he did look like a couple of years ago for me. He just, I don't know what it is with him, really. Um, I mean, he was up there. He was good. I think Roman will just keep plugging away and be good every day like that. Never have any great days, but never have any bad days, and, and see what comes of it. I mean, he'll still be in a in about, but I don't think he'll challenge to win the Tour. But there's, there's two or three riders that are clearly above everyone else. And then Alaphilippe, again, he was trying to get in the break this morning, then got dropped again um, on the final climb, didn't he? I think it was. Um, I'm not quite sure with him. I think everyone's a bit bemused over the last two days as to Juliano. It was almost like yesterday when he, when he attacked and, and went hard for 400 metres. It was almost like it was, uh, it was, it was him giving it all he'd got as one last throw of the dice and seeing who he could take down with him, knowing, probably knowing he was going to explode. I don't know. I still haven't got a theory for it Yeah. as to why he did it. I can't work it out. Last night I was sort of thinking, did he, did he do that to come out the GC purposely but show I've still got the legs so he could go for stage wins? I mean, he'll still be part of this race, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, now he's out the GC, I think he'll be um, active in the next 10 days, you know, and trying to get stage wins now. He's clearly got form to win stages, so. But the GC might be a bit beyond him. And we maybe built him up a bit too much after last year, you know? Yeah. Um, that, that he could actually challenge. And he, he probably rode over and above himself this first week in terms yeah. of being aggressive and always there. He was riding like a GC rider, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so maybe, yeah, I think it's maybe unfair of us to sit and say that we're disappointed in his performance. But 
we probably maybe put a little bit over expectation, but I didn't want to underestimate him either. So that yeah. shows the respect we have for him. So another strange one today. So Fabio Aru, Team UAE, abandoned, um, and then Giuseppe Cerrone was on Rai, uh, the Italian broadcaster, saying how disappointed he was in him. Um, so Cerrone is a is an advisor to Team UAE, was was general manager. Yeah, it's a, a curious quote. He has problems, also psychological problems. He doesn't react at first difficulties. He goes down. He doesn't have that character. I mean, it, it, like you said earlier, before we um, started recording, if Aru has problems, like Giuseppe Cerrone seems to be uh, hinting at, then then help him, right? Yeah, but he might be. I mean, I'm always dubious about things getting taken off Italian TV, translated. You don't know the context to it. I don't know. I just know that. I know how things are reported. And um, I mean, Aru's not been right since he won that vault a few years ago, has he? And mm. maybe he does. A lot of people do, don't they? So, but I would imagine he just needs help then, really. But then he probably shouldn't be at the Tour de France, which is probably what Cerrone's hinted at. Mm. You know, like there was questioning who, whose decision was it to bring him here. Mm. But we'll see. I, I think the next year or two is going to be quite crucial for Aru. I don't even think he'll be a professional bike rider this time next year because mm. he's not performing on any level, is he? Um, and I, I just don't see who'll take him on after this, you know? He's, he's been void for many years now, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, he's, he's not I mean, he got, I got up there in the Tour de France in 2016, was it? The year Lander was fourth. I think it was 2016. Yeah. So he's had four years now of uh, being inactive, as it were. But I think he did have an injury and stuff. Just to round off our, our sort of GC contenders chat, Adam Yates, we've, we've not mentioned him. Um, he, he did all he, all he could to fight for yellow today. Uh, it was almost like he was getting a free ride from Jumbo Visma at one point. Yeah. But he, he's now a minute and two seconds on GC. Which isn't a lot, is it? Which is not a lot, but can you see him coming back? Maybe. I mean, you just don't know with Adam. I wouldn't put it past him, but it shows that they probably wasn't here for GC and that Matt White was probably correct in, in his saying so. Hunting, hunting stages. Yeah. You know, Adam... He didn't look in trouble. He didn't look like he was suffering and dying and going out the back. He just drifted off, didn't he? Yeah. And the limited his, tempo and limited his losses. Yeah. Um, which is probably his level compared to Primoz and the like. Um, but once someone's in yellow, you show them the respect and you say, you know, you're not going to say, "No, nah, I can't see him doing anything this way." So, but I've, you know, we've sat here and sort of give him his due and said, wouldn't put it past him. Maybe the podium is within shot of him because you don't ever want to kind of put someone down and diminish the chances or that they have. So. It's almost a disappointment when they do fall away for us because yeah. we kind of give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Well, you know Whitey quite well. So the rest day coming up tomorrow, yeah. what will they be saying now? So they've... they've feed up, empty your tips. They've almost had a better tour than they might have expected to this point. So reassessing on the first rest day, how will they be attacking it from stage 10 onwards? Having Adam Yates having held yellow, they'll still be gunning for the stages they thought they could go for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll take up the racing now, I think, this next 10 days and... and they're probably in an ideal situation of where they want to be now, where they can start targeting stage wins. Um, if anything, Adam's probably still a little bit too close to the GC. Mm. Because he's had the jersey, he'll always be watched. So if you remember last year, was it last year with Simon? Way out the GC, long way out the GC. Yeah. But then was just in every break in that second part of the race. Um, so you must have to come out of that, so there's no danger at all. But Adam being at one minute, it's going to be very difficult for him to slide into moves. So do we expect him to lose Potentially, time? yeah. I mean, it Perhaps. depends what's more important to him. Is being top 10 on GC important because he's already finished fourth in the tour, fifth in the tour? Or does he want to take a packet mm. and then secure a stage win? And Nairo Quintana Nairo. lurking fifth on GC, 32 seconds off Roglic. Yeah. Nairo seems to be just there and thereabouts. And I think he'll get better in the third week as well, the higher yeah. we get, uh, much like Bernal. So, again, he's another one. You can never discount him. Um, 
And he's in a little team now. He's not in that Movistar unit anymore. RKS Samzik. Um, and Con- yeah, not, Connor and Swift has been riding for him. And yeah, very impressive but they're too. just sort of under the radar, yeah. which is quite good. I'd be interested to see how Nairo comes off the back of that. Well, it was interesting to see him riding on the front of his little group um, just yeah. behind that. that they were all in and their losses by the end. You know, everyone realised it was in everyone's interest to keep riding. There was no cat and mouse in. But you rarely see it. You rarely see him riding on the front unless, no. he's, unless he's attacking and yeah. going for yeah. the stage. Well, he's got to do that now, hasn't he? Yeah. I think he's clearly gone to that team and paid to do a job. And that job is to be up there in the tour, isn't it? All right, we'll be back with more from the Bradley Wiggins Show after this. Lacquer's collective cover is made especially for cyclists, for life on and off your bike. Lacquer has flipped outdated traditional insurance on its head with no more fixed upfront premiums. Instead, your monthly contributions are based on the collective's claims that month. Your max monthly price is capped, but the savings are all yours. Plus, 80% of your money goes straight back into the collective, fixing, replacing, and helping. And the other 20% keeps their wheels spinning. It's as simple as that. And when things go bad, Lacquer's got your back. Claims are handled by experts and usually agreed within a day, with no depreciation or excess. They've ditched annual contracts locking you in. With Lacquer, if you want to leave, you can, anytime. Head over to www.lacquer.co, where new customers can get £10 credit by signing up today with the discount code WIGGINS. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, sponsored by Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. Brad, it will be a strange week next week because not only will we have week two of the tour, but we'll also have Trono Adratico, um, which will be strange watching that in the shadow of the Tour de France. Yeah, but the whole year's been strange, hasn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's going to be, and obviously we've got Grant riding, Chris Froome, Nibali's riding. Yeah. Yago from Trump, Um Ackerman, I think he's riding, is he? Ackerman will be there. Yeah, it's, 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 so it's a big lineup, isn't it? And I guess they're all the guys now contending for the GC of the Giro. So it's actually quite it's quite good for us as viewers because we're getting constant racing coming at us um, all at once, you know. And it's um, as weird as it may be, it's actually brilliant that we've got racing on and we're getting two throws of the dice. We'd be able to watch the guys we weren't seeing in the tour. It's a shame we're not going to be able to watch Garay and Chris in July as it would have been riding the tour, but we're going to get to see him riding anyway. It's, it's a big race in its own right, um, but Thomas is using it as prep for the Giro d'Italia. Um, so he will have Froome, as you mentioned, um, alongside him at Team Ineos, as well as your man, Theo Gagan-Hart. Um, and another talented member of Britain's next generation, James Knox, will be riding for De Koenig Quickstep. Um, and he might be hoping for a, a GC placing, or a high GC placing there. Yeah, is James will be doing the Giro as well, I presume? Yeah, for, for sure, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think the one, I think Nibali's going to be, I think he, he was looking good in Lombardia in those races. I think he'll be, mm. um, he'll be up there in the Giro. This will be probably his last roll of the dice to the Giro, I imagine. Mm. The, the, the way he, he would want to go out as well, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Jakob Fulsang for Astana as Go-off well. Uh, Il Lombardia, he looked good. Yeah, yeah. So he won that, didn't he? And um, um, Jakob is clearly in great form, wasn't he? And I was, we, I was a little bit surprised he wasn't in the Tour de France, but... They're really confident for the Giro, I guess, and he's, got, he's certainly got the physical capability of getting on the podium at the Giro, but I think this could be his Grand Tour win this year. Mm. I really do. Depending on how Grind and that are going, obviously, we don't know. Um, but Jakob, we already know he's going because he's won Lombardia, and I think he'll be, uh, 
be one, certainly one of the top favourites for that. And he'll have to contend with Simon Yates. Simon Yates from Denmark. Mitchell and Scott's charge. Um, so he's looked good in the return to racing since lockdown ended. Yeah. Uh, podium finish at the Tour of Poland. Yeah, and he's, he's got unfinished business at the Giro, Simon, hasn't he? Hasn't he just? So I think he... Um, yeah, it's nice the way them two work. You know, he clearly didn't want to do the Tour this year. I think the pattern of the Giro race suits him. The climbing, the, the, the consistency, the climbs, you know, the way they come thick and fast every couple of days. He always goes well this time of year as well. Mm. You know, obviously he's won the Vuelta. I think Simon, Jakob Forshang, um, Nibali, they're certainly going to be the hot favourites for that. But, we, you know, I'd like to put G and Froome, well, G in that, because obviously Froome's run the Vuelta, but G into that category. Um, and let's hope that it's the same G we saw the last couple of years at the Tour. Is your situation when you rode the Giro, having won the Tour in, in 2012, and you rode the Giro in 2013... Is there any similarity there between you and G, what G's faced, expecting to ride the tour and, and, and being told um, by DB? I think because of the year, the way the year's panned out is where it's completely different. Um, he rode, he went back to the tour last year, didn't he? He got second, which I thought was a better achievement than winning it, to be honest, after these rise to fame and everything he went through, very similar to me. So um, he's had a year to get over that and he's sort of shown that he can come back to that kind of level. Um, I guess my thing was when I came back to... 2014 then I won Tour of California and stuff and I thought I could have gone back to the Tour and had another go at it or certainly ridden as a super domestic with Chris Froome and, and done a job there um, and I never got that opportunity to go back but so that was my sort of second year back after mm. the, missing out on 13 um, so it took me 12 months to get back to the level I was at in 2012 but um, I had my best season that year probably one of my best seasons I won the world title um, what else did I do that? yeah with like a few other bits and bobs I can't remember what it was now but I did have a good year. But yeah, GG's just, like I say, he's, he's the Tour's a lifetime ago for him now in many mm. ways, in a sporting sense, you know. He was second at the Tour last year. Um, and it, he's not coming off the back of that Tour now, having to think, you know, can he repeat the form of winning the Tour two years ago? It's, it's just, it's another opportunity for him now. Have you given G any advice? Have you, no, have you reached out to him? He doesn't need my advice, God. Yeah. I need his advice. <laughs> he's everything I want to be. He's a fantastic bike rider. He's... Um, supersedes me as a bike rider in every way and he's um on my day yes i could have been best in the world and beaten him and a lot of them but just his all-round aspects of him he's a very very hard man takes things in his stride never loses never throws his toys out the pram um just very level-headed and one of the hardest not physically hard I mean, in terms of walking around kicking pigeons up the arse but he's um just mental toughness you know mm. Big crash, nothing phase him straight back up again. And even this tour, you know, not making the tour, it's not going to phase him for the Giro. You know, we'll see, I think we'll see um, a good version of him. Another man, of course, who you know well, not a GC rider, uh, but Mark Cavendish will be among the sprinters. You mentioned Pascal Ackerman. What will Cav be looking to get out of Toronto? Um, just, a, I guess, just a return to racing, really, for him, really. He, he needs racing, he loves racing. He, the racing is what brings him on. Whether it's to winning ways or not, I don't know. Um, but he loves Italy. He's got a good ground in there. He's got a good history there. He lives there. He'll want to perform there. And he was in good shape, you know, coming into the tour. Just, I'd love to see him win a stage there. And this might be an opportunity because, you know, obviously the, the peloton's spread over a lot of races at the moment. Mm. Um, so it could be a good opportunity for him. And um, we could see him get a win. It'll be nice to see him there get a win. Whether, what that leads to after that, whether that's a grand tour or not, I can't see him ride the Giro and stuff. Mm. Who knows? Will it, will it be slightly, are we expecting it to be a slightly less frenetic race? Uh, will, it, will it be a, a sort of a calmer, so eight stages? Yeah, no, I don't think it will be. I think it will be pretty full on, Racing like Lombardia and that. I mean, like we, were, we were watching Lombardia, weren't we? And 
that was all over the place. Mm. Um, but there was other stuff going on that weekend as well, wasn't there? Racing was coming, but what was on that weekend? The Dauphiné. Uh, Dauphiné, yeah. So it was, um, I think, it, yeah, with the, the lineups there, I mean, it can't help but be a frenetic race. All right, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Thank you to our sponsor, Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. Thank you also, Brad. Thank you. Uh, at Sir Wigo, we can find you on social media. Uh, I should add that you can follow Eurosport on Twitter at Eurosport underscore UK and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We should also say a big thank you to our producer, Pete Burton, who is is feeling it after TV and podcast duty after nine, nine stages of the tour. Pete, enjoy your rest day. Brad, we've got a bonus rest day podcast coming out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, give us a quick story, which we didn't quite get to on that. Not everyone plays it straight in the peloton on rest day, do they? Do they one, not? one rider, well, one rider in well, particular. Well, no, there was one rider. We want to see not his gonna, name. We're not going to name. He um, got very drunk at the top of a mountain finish with a rest day the day after. So he was at altitude as well, so the alcohol hits you harder. I can't imagine getting drunk during the middle um, of a tour. And he started the, the tour de France. day after the rest day. He got dropped within two kilometres of the whole stage on his own. Made the time delay, but it was put down to heroics and romantics of the Tour de France. <laughs> did the rest of the peloton know what he had done? I, don't, I think a lot of them did. Yeah. How? Because word just gets out. Yeah, word gets around, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But it was funny. And, and did, um, so if the, if the rest of the peloton knew, his team knew, like, as in oh, his yeah. management knew, and yeah. they wouldn't have been... but the DS best. was with him drinking. Right. So. <laughs> so that sort of gives him an excuse. Good. Well, as I say, a rest day podcast to look forward to tomorrow. Finally, from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, share your thoughts and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Brad, enjoy your day off. Yes. Everyone will do. You'll be back on Tuesday. I'll join you again. I'll join you. I hope so. And I'll join you on Wednesday. I'll see you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.